welcome to That's Rad Adventures in Life, Love, and Wedding Planning from the Pacific Northwest. I'm Rad, local wedding planner and owner of Rad Occasions, and this is the amazing Rob. Hi. Hello. Hello. How's your day? I'm going to beat you to it. (laughs) Uh, I'm like all thrown off now. Um, It's been interesting. It's strange recording this podcast on a Monday. We're just throwing off our whole schedule here. But I got peonies today, so that's what matters. I like to keep you on the, your toes. I like to switch things up every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? I know this was your choice to do it today and not yesterday. Yeah, it was kind of gross day yesterday. It didn't really feel like working. You know, yep. that dealio. Yeah. Um, and you know what else is coming up this week? The solar eclipse. Oh, right. Don't stare at the sun. Don't stare at the sun, unless you have those funky glasses that allow you to stare at the sun. Yeah, or welding goggles. Why welding goggles? Because they're dark enough that you can stare at the sun without hurting your your eyes. Hmm. Now, my question is, could someone look at it through a phone? No. Yeah, because then it's not direct contact. Basically, you don't want to stare at it with your eyes because your eyes don't have protection, right? Got it. Okay. All right. Point taken. How's your week going? (laughs) Well, it's Monday. So, I don't know. Good so far. I got to play soccer for the first time in like eight months yesterday. So that was exciting. Like a real soccer game with real people. Because that's part of step one here in BC. Yeah was we're allowed to have outdoor adult team sports. Um, yeah. No spectators. No spectators. No. no. Well, that's great. Yeah. Hooray. It was very nice. I felt very old and rusty, um, but good at the same time. Did you win? No, we tied. Okay, I guess. But it, it was a well-played game. <laughs> All right. Well, this is season two, episode 16. And now, as we're talking about reopening, I thought it would be appropriate to bring up uh, the topic of destination weddings. Um, We originally were actually going to have this episode back when we first were going to launch the podcast in May 2020. Actually, no. When were we? March 2020. March 2020, yeah. And I was like, well, we can't talk about this anymore. Like, this is awkward. <laughs> so. Yeah, we had pre-recorded, like, our first, I think, three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just as you were getting ready to, to launch them, the pandemic, we went into full lockdown. Yeah, and it was like, well, we can't really talk about that. And we, um, I think there was also, like, a topic about... Um, how to plan for a large wedding on a budget. Yeah. Um, there were some other ones. I was like... It was it was all episodes that were not COVID-friendly. No. And I don't even know if right now this is a good time to talk about it, but I feel like it is. So we're talking about it. So we have had the pleasure of planning destination weddings um, abroad and throughout the province. And we also have a lot of international couples that join us um, here in Victoria because this is also a destination wedding spot. So it's kind of a destination hub for us without having to go anywhere. It's kind of nice. Yeah. (laughs) But we also like going places too. So super excited about that. 
So we're going to just break down like picking this, like the spot, like what to factor in timing, that kind of jazz. Um, so the first one we're going to actually start with is picking the perfect spot. Um, this is really important because the location of your wedding is going to determine not only the mood, but also the travel time and budget that's going to be required to pull it off. Um, your wedding elements, like activities and overall vibe, should say something about your shared style and passions so that your guests go home from your wedding weekend saying, or even your wedding week, um, saying that was so them because you know, I hate doing a generic wedding. I really do. <laughs> I know. And if, if our wedding is any, reference. if any of our weddings are any reference, no, I mean like our oh, actual wedding. Got it. Yeah. We really don't like doing. No, no. We definitely don't. Like, I know a lot of people um, end up picking Victoria because they came here once on vacation and they really loved it. Um, some people are actually originally from Victoria and they've moved somewhere else and they want to come and they want everybody in their new um, city to experience a bit of the West Coast. Um, in terms of abroad, um, we had... Um, a couple who wanted to get married in Mexico because, well, their family was all over. So they were like, instead of getting them to go come here, why don't we get them to go to Mexico and we all get like a vacation out of it. And, and I know other people have even chosen to get married in Europe because they had an awesome vacation there or a proposal happened there. Um, but yeah, like I think that if you want something tropical, like Mexico, the Caribbean, Hawaii is perfect for something like that. Yeah. And the next thing you want to think about is timing, especially with these, um, destinations that are going to be in, um, places that are prone to hurricane season, um, and rainy season as well. So... But the thing is that usually the best weather ends up matching up with tourist season. So we try to suggest going with like the shoulder as much as you can instead of the peak season. Um, I know like places like Victoria, our peak season here is summer as well. But even if you go in the off season, it's just you have to be okay with rain. That's really about it. Actually, I have to be okay with rain any day of the, <laughs> the week here. Any time of year, but definitely less so in the summer. Um, but you do want to make sure that if you are booking something that is going to be a destination for the majority of your guests and even for you, that you're looking at room blocks and reserving through the hotel because sometimes you'll end up getting like a better deal that way. Um, and then you also have guaranteed rooms as well. And if you are going to like a, a resort type destination, I would suggest getting a travel agent that specializes in that kind of booking so that they can help your guests and streamline the whole process um, to make sure that everyone ends up at the right spot. Because I've definitely heard horror stories about that before. <laughs> um, 
Another thing too is that if you do decide to go um, with off season, you could not, you can have less crowds and less competition for like those bookings and like the ideal place. Like if you've got like your heart set on a, di- a certain location, but just keep in mind and like we ran into this not on like a wedding, but on our own trip is that when we were looking at going to places in Greece, for example, we found out that uh, you couldn't go to certain islands because they just shut down, for the most part, anyways. Yeah, like one or two locals' restaurants stayed open. But if you wanted to go out to eat mostly, if you wanted to go to like a lot of their, their kind of local spots to check out... Yeah, it was all they gonna all, be closed. They all shut down. Yeah. It was basically like that was the people that lived there. That was their time to, to, to get go. to Yeah. Yeah, on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing too is like if you're planning a wedding in Italy, for example, um, there is a holiday that happens in the middle of August, but most people actually take all of August off or like the first half or the second half of August off. So if you're planning anything for August in Italy, maybe consider a different month. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You also want to make sure that you're giving everyone plenty of notice. Um, You want to tell your immediate family and your wedding party that you're planning a destination wedding before you can ask them to stand by your side or come to the wedding at all um, so that they can gracefully decline for whatever reason, like such as vacation time and budget. Um, besides those VIPs, it's also a good idea to give the rest of your guest list plenty of notice so they can get the best deals on flights and accommodations before those prices really jump. So I usually suggest sending, say, the dates a year in advance if you can, um, and then sending out your invitations shortly after that, like a couple months after that. If you have more time to plan, then like send, say, the dates like a year and a half in advance and send your invitations a year in advance. And then that way you won't have any disappointment um, if somebody can't attend. It gives them lots of time. Totally. And also, too, like... um, it's kind of uncool to like pressure people into coming. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I have heard of that happening. We haven't experienced it with any of our weddings thus far, but I have heard from like friends of friends that it's like, kind of awkward because like they can't due to like childcare or like whatever the reason. And Work, it, it's, child yeah. Care, and it's like kind of like sullied the relationship a little bit because of like the extra pressure. Um, one thing that we do suggest to couples is that if you really have your heart set on a destination wedding, maybe keep it small. And then when you come back, have like another like celebration of some sort. Um, it doesn't have to be big, just something so that you can celebrate it with the people that you really wanted to be there, but couldn't make it. Uh, number four is factoring in the extra expenses. So Actually, destination weddings don't actually have to be um, this more expensive than having wedding in your own town. And I know a lot of people think that that is the case, but sometimes it can cost the same or maybe even less than hosting the party at home. Um, for example, we've heard from a lot of people that live in the States that um, holding their wedding in Canada or Mexico was going to be way less expensive just from a venue standpoint. Like I think one of our couples told us that renting 
um, a venue alone, I think, was going to be ten grand, and they wanted to, them to spend another fifteen grand in food and beverage, but they only had twenty-five guests coming. So, like, they were like, okay, we can spend like a bougie amount of money on like getting everyone caviar and lobster tails. Or we can move this party to Canada. And that's what some of them have done. Actually, um, some people even from the mainland end up coming over to Victoria because of the cost of the venues being half the amount they would pay in Vancouver. Um, And this is talking about even like factoring in things like airfare and hotel expenses. One additional expense that we came across when we were doing a wedding in Mexico was an additional fee that the venue, like the resort, charged for having off-site vendors, aka vendors that aren't booked through the hotel network. And I believe at the time it was up to $500 US per vendor that was off-site. So definitely something to keep in mind because they definitely want you to use the people that they have in their network. Um, you also want to think about whether you want to do welcome bags for your guests, additional activities, and if you're like covering anything for their travel costs. Um, I think welcome bags are really great. Just saying. You love the welcome bags. I bag. love welcome bags. <laughs> um, and we'll get to that soon. It's later on. I'm getting ahead of myself. This is a really big one because you don't want any surprises when you get down there. Um, Research your local marriage requirements. Um, I know here it's really easy to get married. Um, You just have to get your marriage license, you have to prove who you are, who you say you are, and you get a marriage commissioner or a celebrant or whomever to marry you. Um, And you can get that like a day before you get married. You're talking about the wedding license. Yeah. 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 Not the, mar- not the commissioner. No, the marriage license. Yeah. Yeah. No, you want the commissioner definitely in advance because <laughs> they book up. Um, so, but like some places, for example, like Paris, they have a residency or sorry, not Paris, France, duh, have a residency requirement where you have to live there for 40 days in advance. And that's not doable for a lot of people that I know. I don't know about you. No. No. Um, And some other countries may even ask for blood or urine tests, um, proof that you haven't been married before from a legal entity in your country. Um, It's also, like, if it's going to be really difficult to get married in the country that you're going to have your wedding in, I usually suggest people do, like, a a civil ceremony, um, where like they aren't getting legally married and get illegally married either the day before, like before they go on their trip or after because, and it just makes it a lot easier that way too. Cause I know, um, one of the things we also found out totally random, but like, for example, the States, um, if you get married in Canada, there's certain States that will allow you to get this is the D word, divorced, sorry guys, I had to say it, um, in that state. Like, I think Washington is one of those states, um, but some of the states, you actually have to go back to the country that you got married in in order to have those proceedings go through because it has to go through like their court system according to the state laws. So, not that we want anyone to get divorced, but 
it's a question we've been asked before. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, you know, some research there. Um, and I know that some places too, like you like to get these blood or urine tests, you have to go in a week in advance. You have to be there in person. Like it's like a whole rigmarole and some people just don't have that time. Um, the next thing I want to mention is that if you're hosting a wedding somewhere that you're not local to get help, you need to get somebody to help you. Um, many resorts have a wedding specialist in their wedding packages who can help with researching and securing vendors. Um, this is really helpful if you have a language barrier. Um, and they can also deal with logistics and handling any last minute fires that may start the weeks leading up to the wedding. Um, a local planner connected with your venue is great too. If you're not going like the resort route, um, they can be like your person that's there to like check things out. Like I know when we had a couple that was getting married at one of the hotels here, um, and they were going through, um, remediation, I would just pop in every once in a while and send them a video of like how things were going (laughs) and what they would like to do. So yeah, um, of course, if you have a planner that you'd like to go with from where you're from, do make sure that they have experience planning weddings in your chosen destination and do expect to cover their transportation costs for planning visits and the actual wedding. Um, this goes for photographers, videographers, basically anyone you're bringing from where you live to the destination. So if you can do try to hire local, it's good for the local economy. Plus it'll save you on travel costs for those people because your budget can get eaten up by travel costs very quickly. Travel and accommodation. That too. Yes, that too. Um, my next point, which I got to a little earlier in this episode was to make guests feel welcome. So besides the welcome gifts, (laughs) I also suggest every one of our couples, whether they're having a destination wedding or not, have a wedding website to make it really easy for everyone that is coming to the wedding to find all the details in one place, like group rates for flights, hotel rooms, how to get to and from the airport, any nearby activities. Um, And if you're doing like a whole weekend full of events, there can be an itinerary there. Um, the welcome bags, yes, I do love them. They're not necessary, but like, say you're having like a wedding in Mexico, be really fun to have like, just like a nice added extra touch of like, Hey, we're thinking about you to have like sunscreen and water and bug spray and snacks. Tequila. Yeah, sure. Even tequila. Um, and also for like other places such as, um, Victoria, like we have a couple coming here and we're going to focus a little bit more on local things to Victoria, local things, um, to the history here, even too, like Rogers chocolates, Empress tea, um, and also like little added things that the couple likes as well. So we're just combining it all to have like a nice welcome package for everybody. And it's going to be customized for each guest. I'm super excited. Of course it is. Of course. Um, also, and I was thinking about this while I was doing up some documents for someone today. Um, they have changed their wedding to Hawaii 
from Victoria. And I was just thinking while I was doing up their documents, well, I know she got a wedding dress for the weather here, but I wonder if she got a wedding dress that can also be worn in Hawaii. (laughs) So my point is don't forget to consider the climate when you're choosing your wedding attire and the dress code to each of your events. Um, You don't want to be asking people to wear like satin ball gowns and (laughs) tuxedos. Yeah, I was going to say a three-piece suit. Yeah, in like Hawaii or... um, telling people oh my gosh remember when we went we were like minding our own business at this beach in Hornby and all of us and it was a really windy kind of rainy day and there was a lot of people that showed up in like high heels and like slip dresses and like shorts and like just definitely not the weather for that that day at all and I don't know if they knew that they were going to a beach I don't know either, but they were definitely not dressed for a beach wedding on Hornby. They were dressed for like a nice church wedding. Uh, I'm that's not not really a church wedding. I would well, just say like, someplace with concrete. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and indoors. Yeah, they all looked very nice. Just yeah, I'm thinking they were a little chilly. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, consider the elements. Um, Definitely speak with your planner or venue about lighting. If your reception's outside, you're going to need a backup for when the sun goes down and for safety. Um, so stringing like Edison lights will, or adding like a romantic vibe with candles. And if you're on a beach, hot tip, look for battery operated candles because otherwise those candles are just going to keep going out because of the wind. Um, you also want to make sure that people can hear you. Um, so consider mics like a lav mic or even just like a microphone people can hold and make sure that your DJ or band has enough equipment and access to power to entertain all night as well. And, but other than that, do consider that like it might get chilly at night, have some blankets for people, maybe have some flip flops for if you're going to be doing, uh, a ocean beachy wedding and in case people did wear footwear that they can't wear through the sand um and even think about like maybe having like umbrellas too just in case it might rain what's a laugh mic mic (laughs) it's the one that um we got mic'd up with for a wedding and the ones that i always have to mic up the officiants with the little like lapel yeah okay yeah the technical term is laugh mic the more you know Lastly, and this is not to be pushy because I just told you not to be pushy with your guests, but you're going to have to be decisive from being far away if you're planning your wedding. So, like, definitely do your research, set up your appointments that you need to, and, like, have as many preliminary meetings as the vendor provides so that when you're in person, if you're doing, like, any sort of planning trips, you can focus on just making decisions like what flavor your cake is going to (laughs) be it's an important decision to make the most important it is one of them yeah Um, (laughs) but like definitely make sure that like once you've done your research like you're ready to like make all of those all those decisions and if you're getting local help too, it'll make their job a lot easier too in order to um, source what it exactly it is that you need. And 
That also brings me to a point where you may not be able to get some of the items that you would like in um, tropical places like Mexico. Um, for example, we did a wedding there back in 2019. Was it 2019? Oh my gosh, so long ago. Um, the, eucalyptus is a really hard thing to find. And back in 2019, and I think even still now, eucalyptus runners were real big rage in the wedding industry. So in the end, we actually got however much eucalyptus we could get from the resort based on the package, and then we brought some fake stuff, put in some of the real stuff, and no one could tell the difference. <laughs> so just things like that to think about as hot, well. Hot tip, hot tip. <laughs> um, I also want to mention that right now uh, a lot of people are thinking about uh, their carbon footprint and their impact on the environment when it comes to destination weddings, um, actually all kinds of weddings. So I know our friends at Paper Heart were also really kind to share a link to a website that helps you figure out what your carbon footprint is and how you can offset it. So definitely something to consider if you're eco-conscious um, and planning your wedding. So we will link this in the show notes for you. I think that about covers it, but if you have any other questions, please feel free to shoot us a DM on Instagram or an email at rad at radoccasions.ca. And until next week, stay rad.